Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. I'm your host, Brent Peterson, and today I'm joined with my co-host, Jackie. In this episode, we have a special guest, Jen Furukawa, who will share his insights on Shopify quizzes and how they can increase sales for your e-commerce store. That's right, Brent. Jen is one of the co-founders of Prehook, a company that specializes in creating quizzes for Shopify stores. He started building Prehook in 2020 after having a successful experience at Jungle Scout, an Amazon product research tool for sellers. Jen's journey from Amazon to Shopify brought about some interesting differences in the e-commerce world. With Shopify, it's essential to focus on a wider range of customers and their needs. And that's where quizzes come in. By learning more about your customers' challenges, interests, preferences, and goals, you can capture valuable zero-party data and recommend products that suit them. And that's not all. The ability to capture leads and build direct relationships with customers has become even more critical due to recent changes in the digital landscape, such as iOS 14.5. Absolutely, Jackie. We'll be discussing more about zero-party data and how it impacts your e-commerce marketing strategy. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Jen Furukawa, and dive into the world of Shopify quizzes and e-commerce. Wait, Brent. Don't forget about our sponsors, Hoofa and Content Basis. Let's hear what they have to say first. Are you interested in AI content generation, but you don't know where to start? Have you tried ChatGPT and found it doesn't work, or you don't even know what to do with the results? Have you had problems starting your marketing campaign or started and lost momentum? When was the last time you have a blog post live on your website? My friends at Content Basis have a fantastic offer for you. They use predictive analytics to find content opportunities that will perform on your website. They leverage those opportunities using machine learning and humans to create content that outperforms any other content you've seen before. They don't stop there. They have two human editors reviewing your content before it goes live. Once your content is live, they create 10 social posts on each of those content pages that was just launched. Finally, they work with you to see how those posts are performing and what they can do to add, change, or update the posts in the future. Content Basis is putting the human into your content marketing and your content automation. But don't take my word for it. Look at what Content Basis has been doing for talk commerce for the last four months. Content Basis is currently accepting beta candidates for WordPress, BigCommerce, and Shopify. Go to contentbasis.io. That's contentbasis.io and learn how you can create marketing strategies that work into the future. Have you heard of the Hoofa theme for Magento? It is a powerful yet intuitive theme that has been designed to help Magento store owners create the perfect online store. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a store that is unique and engaging while taking advantage of the latest technology that will make your site blazing fast. The theme is built with a modern, responsive design that is optimized for maximum performance and usability. You can easily achieve Google Lighthouse scores of 10. It is also fully customizable, 
allowing you to adjust its look and feel to fit your brand. Overall, the Hoofa theme is the best choice for any Magento site. It is easy to set up and customize, and it provides powerful features to help you create a successful online store. Plus, it is designed to work seamlessly with your existing Magento store, so you can take advantage of its powerful features and tools. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a beautiful, engaging, and successful Magento site. Go to hyva.io to learn more. That's hyva.io, and tell them that Talk Commerce sent you. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today, I have Gen Furukawa. Gen, go ahead, introduce yourself. I know you told me your name three times before in a green room. Tell us if I've pronounced your name incorrectly. Tell us what your day-to-day role is, maybe one of your passions in life. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, again, Furukawa, thanks so much for having me, Brent. Um, I am based in Austin, Texas, co-founder of Prehook, which is a quiz platform for Shopify merchants. And I do basically everything, customer-facing, marketing, sales, support, success, onboarding, partnerships, affiliate stuff. We've launched it two years ago with the goal to help merchants learn more about their customers, capture zero-party data, and accelerate their list growth. And when I'm not doing that, my passion is to be a dad, to spend time with with my two kids, and then basketball. I love to play basketball, watch basketball, and I'm actually coaching basketball. I've coached the past two years in a row for my daughter's team. I'm coaching this year. She's moving up a year, so it'll be the six or seven, so we'll be practicing this year. So, yeah, that that's what I love to do. Awesome. And we did talk a little bit about in about in our pre room pre in the green room that I was going to prep you with a dad joke and. And we decided that, or I decided that my kids don't like my dad jokes, but they might have worn off on them. So I'm going to tell you a joke, and all you have to do is tell me if you think the joke is free or if we could start tar- charging for the joke. So it's called the Free Joke Project. Cool. Here we go. An old Japanese gardener asked me what I knew about bonsai trees. I said, very little. Hmm. That's a smart joke. <laughs> I thought the punchline was coming. Let's charge for it. Yeah, totally. Very little, though. <laughs> yes, very little. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I have to. I should also just say that none of my jokes are very funny, but they do make you think. So another guest, I said maybe in a week, you know, and we he'd also suggested maybe a, a following week you have the joke reveal. All right. So let's 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 talk about more interesting subjects. Um, Telling me, tell me about Prehook and and tell us ab- about how that helps drive sales. Yeah, sure. So yeah, quick backstory is we we just started building Prehook in 2020. I met my co-founders in 2015. We were part of the founding team at Jungle Scout, which is an Amazon product research tool for Amazon sellers. Um, and and it was really great. Loved the experience at Jungle Scout. Loved being in the e-commerce SaaS space. And of course, got to know my co-founders as and Diedrich really well. We'd always wanted to launch a software product on our own, stay in the software, the e-commerce software space, but kind of shift from Amazon to Shopify. And the differences are, are of course, very interesting. Amazon's focus really is a lot on SEO, where you know what somebody's looking for because Amazon is such a big search engine. People are going there for very specific search queries. Shopify is a little bit different, where you might have a more wide range of what people are looking for when they come to your site. So we started doing research on thinking about what are some ideas that we could start building out, testing, is this really like something that 
merchants need. And after doing research at the time in 2020, people, a lot of people were using Typeform, kind of retrofitting Typeform for Shopify stores. It's not a great fit for e-commerce in terms of the integrations with Shopify and the other tools in an e-commerce tech stack. So yeah, we, we started building it, launched in 2021. And he, at this point, have hundreds of merchants using it. And like I was saying earlier, the, the main goal, we're, we're helping merchants to ask a few questions, learn what their challenges are, what their interests, their preferences, their goals are, capture a lead, whether that's an email or an SMS phone number, and then recommend a product. So in that very short process, you're capturing zero-party data, which is data that the customer is sharing proactively and willingly with you. You're getting a lead, as in how you can build a relationship and send them down your your welcome flow, and then recommending a product, which ultimately helps improve conversion rate by simplifying the buying process. So it, it's really uh, a tool that's helped drive revenue, but also just be a foundation of how a brand can personalize their marketing and understand what customers are looking for. And in the context of what marketers are dealing with at, at a macro level, is it's even more of an urgent and important need in terms of iOS 14.5, which made it harder for brands to understand what people are doing across their internet activity. And so these, these ad campaigns, which have traditionally been very profitable, you, you could run a, a campaign, spin it up, run you know 300% return on ad spend or, or more, it's become far harder. Acquisition costs have become far harder. So the ability for brands to learn more about customers, have a little interaction and capture a lead and build a direct relationship via email or SMS has been cr- critical for brands in the past year or so. I want to back up a minute and just have you explain zero-party data because I'm sure everybody um, everybody doesn't understand the concept, but tell us why it's important and and then tell us how that impacts some of the other things you talked about, like the iOS 14. Yeah, sure. So historically, I mean, you, you could always get zero-party data, say, from support tickets or sales calls, because that's where a customer is sharing directly with you. The challenge is it's not structured data, so it's harder to extract insights from what the customers are saying. But when it is structured data and it's organized, it integrates directly with your email service provider, say Klaviyo or Omnisend. Then all of a sudden, you're able to use that data to create tighter segments, to provide recommendations on what products make sense based on what they're looking for, and to just kind of increase the relevancy and therefore the engagement with your customers. Contrast that with first-party data. So first-party data is data that's tracked, but tracked passively. So think website activity, like what what pages they visited, their activity on the website. Did they abandon their cart or abandon checkout or visit a certain product description page? Maybe it's what their historical transactions are, so what products they've purchased or how much they've spent. But with this, there's the implicit assumption. So Brent buys this red sweater. Let's just assume maybe Brent likes sweaters or Brent likes red, but we don't actually know that. But if you're able to ask Brent directly what he likes and what he's looking for, then that totally changes the game of how you're going to position your product and your brand to Brent via your, your communications, email, SMS, paid ads. So that that's really where zero-party data stands out and allows brands to create almost this competitive moat 
because ultimately our job as e-commerce marketers is to understand what, what somebody's looking for and individuals looking for. Everybody has their own challenges and goals. And then from there, tell them how they can get to where they want to go, their future aspirational self. And, and ultimately, if you can do that, then you're putting your product and your brand in the best light possible where likely your competitors are not able to do that because unless they're capturing zero-party data and have an understanding of what the individual customer is looking for. The, so just to, I mean, just to kind of break it down to make somebody understand it easier would be I'm going to the site and look, say I'm looking for some shoes and I'm going to go through a series of questions that tells me what type of shoes I like. Let's just say we have running shoes, and I think there's a popular big squishy brand running shoe that has a lot of this Hoka. type of quizzing on Hoka. All right, yeah. you said it. <laughs> yeah. Where they walk you through what type of what type of running you're going to do, what type of cushioning you want, what type of stability you want, X blah blah blah. That gives them then now the the vendor has an idea of what you as the as the shopper would like to see in your selection of products, it also gives them some insight into the future and what you'd probably be looking for over time, right? That's exactly right, yeah. And, you know, here an interesting stat is, I think, 83%, I think Segment did this survey, 83% of customers are willing, of consumers, are willing to share personal data with the expectation that in return they're going to get a personalized experience. So there really is no reason why you should be afraid or, or not be asking some of these things because we all want to have a personalized experience. And if we are on the receiving end of a personalized experience, the likelihood of buying, spending more, which means higher average order value, and then repeat purchases, which means higher lifetime value, all come together for those brands that can effectively personalize their marketing. The challenge and also the opportunity is that marketers are having trouble doing that. And so that's that's what's called the customer experience gap, that customers want a personalized experience, but brands are struggling to actually deliver on that. And so those brands that do are going to see the dividends in terms of revenue growth. And a lot of that, the personalization is all premised on the data that you have about consumers. Do you think merchants often make the mistake of doing a quiz and maybe they'll, you mentioned Typeform in the beginning, they'll maybe they'll do a quiz like that and then they don't save that, they don't attach that quiz to the actual client and then the client comes back and they start giving them more stuff that the client has clearly opted out of? You know, yeah, that, I think that's probably like the, the furthest frontier of personalization, which is kind of like real-time on-site personalization. And often it, it might require a login in order to retain that. Think like, you know, your Amazon or Netflix, which is highly specified in terms of personal preferences. But yeah, the, the personalization from a quiz, directly after a quiz, can definitely be highly personalized and, and the, the website experience can be. If you think one, one example that I love is Helix Sleep, which is a mattress brand, helixsleep.com, I think. They have a, a quiz kind of plastered all over their website, whether it's in the hero nav or the header or, or a landing page for paid traffic, basically to ask per people what they're looking for and, and some of the basics in terms of like how many people are going to be sleeping on the mattress with their their height, their weight, but then some, some more specifics like sleeping positions, physical problems or challenges, pains, firmness, preferences. But then we're, when we're getting to the 
on-site personalization experience. And you can go to the, the page and check it out. It will be like, here's Brent, our recommendation for you. It is this particular mattress because, and then they almost reiterate what your quiz responses are. So that's a, a highly tailored experience, very similar to if you were to walk into a mattress store or just any store, brick and mortar, and, and speak with a sales associate. Those sales associates that are the best are the ones that might ask a few questions, understand what what exactly is ideal for you, scan their brain or think about what the inventory is, and then recommend that inventory with the supporting evidence of here's why you want to use this particular product or here's why you'd want it. And so that level of personalization is most definitely possible after a quiz. But if you were to go back to the store, then yeah, it, it might get a little bit harder maybe unless there is a login. Yeah, no, I understand that part. So have you done analysis on whether the best shopping experience is somebody just coming and looking at the site and say use layered navigation to find the product or guiding the client through the process of of a quiz to get the product they're looking for yeah you know the way i think about it is a quiz is just one additional alternative and it might be best for those brands that have a lot of a lot of SKUs where it's harder to sift through or, or look through the filters to find the right product, or maybe it's to to help educate customers. So one example is a pre-hook customer called T-Lixer, which is an adaptogen brand. Adaptogens are an ancient medicinal, plant-based medicinal remedy. So think like lion's mane mushrooms or reishi mushrooms. And even though it is a historical or, or, or an ancient medicine, the modern consumer is not very familiar with it, but it, with the quiz, it's it's helpful for a consumer to understand, okay, based on my ailments or my pains, whether it's anxiety or, or joint pain or sleeplessness, and I, I want this form factor, and I want this, this like I'm dealing with these challenges otherwise, the, the T-Elixir quiz captures the re- quiz responses a contact and then recommends a product and it's done so to great success in terms of conversion rate where they're seeing 35% increase in conversion rate for those that take the quiz versus those that don't and then revenue where it's 5x the revenue per lead as opposed to those that have not taken the quiz because they've done a great job of ingesting the data and then actually using it in their Clavio automations. So the are, are you capturing the data and then you've, you've mentioned the email a couple times. Are you using that to post like customer leaves? You're using some of that data to help them come back and increase conversions after the fact. Yeah, well, it, it's mainly in the in terms of the flows. So the the way that it, it often works and the way that T Elixir is doing it is, you have you, you take the quiz, you get your recommended products that integrates with Clavio. We also integrate with OmniSend Attentive, PostScript, and Google Analytics. But a lot of the value of zero-party data comes through in communication tools. So, yeah, they're creating segments based on, say, what your pain pains are or what your recommended products are or maybe it's geography or whatever it is based on your niche. So, that, yeah, that that is where the data is helpful is segmentation, dynamic personalization, whereas you're having a, a placeholder in the email. And so Brent is recommended this product. Uh, again, is recommended a different product. So even though we're in the same flow, going down the same automation, you're getting one email and I'm getting another. And then it can split even more with conditional splits based on 
whatever the custom properties are. So that, that's getting a little bit in the weeds in terms of like how it's built out, but really the data is helpful in the segmentation and kind of like tweaking the flow so that it's specific to what you have stated you're looking for. If we're talking about trying to scale this or trying to scale personalization, how is this going to help us? Yeah, well, I, I think that's where it's best because ultimately personalization is really just segmenting with multiple layers or, or parameters. So it's it's getting a smaller and smaller group. And I think when you are like the the holy grail of marketers these days is personalization at scale. And the the reason why a quiz is a great way f- to do that is because it can basically be an evergreen funnel. So whether it's they go directly to the homepage or it's from organic traffic or it's a paid landing page, they're going to take the quiz, you're going to capture that, that customer data, you're going to capture the lead, and then they're automatically going into your flow that you've already built out, ideally optimized. It might include email or SMS. And and then from there, it's just kind of like you're going to be recommending the, the product that – or you're going to be sending them the product that is recommended. You're going to be educating them specifically around the – the problems that they have. A dog brand is a great example of this, where dogs follow kind of like very predictable timelines in terms of what illnesses or ailments they have, whether it's joint pain or anxiety, based on the breed and age. And if you can educate your dog owner, who's not the end user, of course, but is the customer, if you can educate them on what to expect and they're learning from you, automatically you are becoming the authority and the expert. And if you think of what Robert Cialdini's influence book, one of the six pillars of influence is authority. So once you're able to establish yourself as the authority, then all of a sudden you are the the go-to guru, so to speak, where you know you're, you're not selling, but you're educating. And then when you are educating on their problem, hey, this is the product that we built specifically to help you with this problem, all of a sudden you are far ahead of the game and far ahead of what your competitors are doing in terms of their communications. Yeah, I like that, not selling but educating. It, I've, I've been in the e-commerce space for a long time, and in my day job I run an agency, not Shopify, but another one that, that maybe you can see the thing. Anyways, it seems hard for clients, the merchant, to understand how how much quizzes can help them. Is it a sales thing or is it just an education thing to get merchants to understand that quizzes are a positive for them on their website? You mean from like me speaking with merchants? Yeah. I mean, do, do you find it sometimes difficult or is have you made your tool now so easy it is, that it's to, to implement? I, maybe like, okay, so I, I've been in the Magento space for a long time, so we built custom quizzes that lead customers to products, you know, you mentioned large catalogs, that help cust- that help narrow down what you're trying to get to. But it's always a it's always a selling slash education to get clients to understand how it's going to do that. And I th- I feel like a lot of merchants are just so used to seeing layered navigation with a bunch of stuff on your left side, and you're going to drill down by pushing some buttons, and then it's going to give you your product rather than walking you through some custom custom questions so that everybody understands, including the client, by answering those questions, they might understand why that product could work better for them. Yeah, you know, that, that's a, a 
good point and, and a tough nuance because part of it is educating the merchants on the value, and then part of it is just like, okay, let's give it a try, and then you're testing, and then we're basically like kind of competing against different quiz alternatives and quiz products. I think maybe one of the challenges is how do we differentiate or how do we get people to actually take the quiz? So like I said, it's not necessarily like there are some brands where you do have to take a quiz. Think subscription e-commerce like a Stitch Fix or a Scentbird, which are recurring shipments. That part of the onboarding experience is to take a quiz because you have to kind of fill out the basics of what your what your size is or what fragrance you like, men or woman or woodsy or citrus. These are things for the brand that they have to know in order for their regular box to kind of like align with what your interests or preferences are. But for the for the other brands, it's how do you get somebody to actually want to take the quiz? And and that's kind of a little bit of the challenge. And that's I think where copywriting comes in. And this consumer psychology, because it's it's really you have to think about from the consumer's perspective. Yeah, why would they want to do it? Earlier, I said 83% of consumers want to share personal data, but also on a very human level, what's most important to us? And and really, it's learning more about ourselves or or ourselves. The what's in it for me. So if we're able to create a hook that says, Hey, Brent, like, do you know? the best wine that you've never heard of, for example, or do you care to discover, I don't know, a, a new coffee brand if we're like trade coffee? So it's it's a curiosity gap where, and, and I'm, I'm thinking often now in terms of a paid ad, and, and ultimately that's where a lot of the copywriters are seeing, you know, a growth or an increase in their click-through rate is how do we actually get people to stop scrolling their thumbs and like click on the ad. And it's it's so hard now, or it's getting increasingly harder because attention is so fleeting and there are so many things vying for the attention of the consumer. But if you can use a hook that appeals to them learning more about themselves, get them to click, and then in order to actually complete the quiz, you have to really nail down what the quid pro quo is. What will I get in return for sharing the information, sharing my lead, and taking the time out of my web web surfing experience to complete a quiz. And often that might be something uh, along the lines of like a personalized recommendation or a routine or some some educational content based on what, what I'm working through or, or the challenges I'm facing right now. So yeah, that, to, to answer your question, that's how brands might have to think about how to get people to actually take the quiz. And, and my job as marketer for prehook to kind of like communicate this to merchants all right so i i have some a couple of things to pull out of that i think a lot of the examples are objective which help mer help customers find what they really like and i like i love the idea of coffee because i've suddenly become a coffee snob <laughs> and coffee is is very subjective right everybody has different tastes and you have different ways of brewing it and extracting it and and, you know, your espresso machine is going to make that coffee taste different than a pour-over. or And also how you grind it, the size of your grind. So, number one, I have a great client for you. They're on Shopify. They're in Minneapolis. It's called Peace Coffee. So there you go. There's mm -hmm. there's your lead out of this. And everybody, order your coffee from Peace Coffee because they're fantastic. But they could – they 
it would be great to have a quiz on there to say, hey, I'd like, you know, I like my coffee. I don't like it super bitter. I like to use a pour over, blah, blah, blah. You could, you could walk them through a number of different steps and that education helps you find what you really like. And then I think another part of that, and I've been very interested in machine learning is after you've gotten it, how well did that quiz do? And I don't know if you do that follow up part. Because, like, in the case of even wine, right, I like a dry red wine, right? Okay, let's try a Chianti. Let's try blah, blah, blah. Great, here's one. How did you like it? That wine fit into my palate, right? Or another one, you know, I don't like a sweet wine, so that one is out. But I, it, it there, there's a whole aspect that helps everybody from a subjective standpoint find the product they want and have a better experience with that product. And I would add for coffee – you know, trying something like Kona coffee versus a coffee from Colombia or Mexico or wherever that region is, you can try different things because you have an idea of how that flavor is going to come out. Yeah, those are great examples. I think it's, well, Stitch Fix, I think most of those brands actually do kind of close the loop on that. You know, you said that you like dry red. We send you a dry red. What were your thoughts on it? So that that might be, you know, Wink, W-I-N-C, or First Leaf. All have quizzes as as part of their onboarding experience. And yeah, you're you're, you're totally right. Stitch Fix, which is a, a fascinating company, essentially became a data science company selling clothes. But the, the, you know, they have millions of data points, and it's it's continuing to improve their their understanding of customers and and the recommendations and the products that they send. The other example, we talked about Hoka, and Hoka is a little bit objective and a little bit subjective because you have a lot of new runners that don't understand what, say, a neutral feel would be like and padding, and you know you don't want to go and do your first long run in spikes, right? So you can't, I mean, you, the idea of going to a running store is still... I feel like the best way to get fitted for his shoes, somebody needs to look at you running or walking or whatever, you're going to see, hey, I've got a little pronation, I'm going to get these. But to follow up on that, when Hoka comes out with a new model and their models change, every year their models change and their models within that are different from the models of previous, it would be great to have a quiz to say, hey, I liked this Bondi 8, it's very close to the Clifton 7 or whatever. That That quizzing part of it, I don't, feel as though I feel as they could do a lot better job on that. And that's a little bit of education. So if you're a new runner, you want to do this and maybe maybe as we don't we have a lot of time left, but can you speak to a little bit about how that education part is so important in, in when you're when you're doing very objective things that, that impact that aren't so much subjective like as as a taste would be. Yeah, absolutely. There are a few and, and these are these examples are more like almost clinical and, and medical, like if it's a hymns or hers or Romans, you know, like for example, a hair loss brand where, where men are taking pills to, to regrow their hair or Noom, which is a weight loss app. That That's not really a, an e-commerce brand. That's more of, but you go through these quizzes, tell them, you know, for, for hymns or Romans, you know, like wh- where are you in your hair loss regression or, or progression? What are you trying to do? How, how often are you losing it? But that's where it gets really interesting in terms of the education is because they use conditional logic. So if I say, like, hey, I'm 40 and I have this much hair or my hairstyle is this, it will say, hey, you know, X percent of people 
this age have this problem. So it's almost a little bit of like a reassurance, like you're not alone, but it is a, it is a challenge that you're trying to face, something that we're familiar with and that we can fix. And then it, it kind of goes on. Noom does the same thing, kind of like almost interestingly visually with, with some charts and graphs based on you know what your current weight is, what your goal weight is, and then the percentages of people that are kind of like within that range and, and people that can achieve that goal. So that's where you can get uh, some education in the quiz experience with some conditional logic, which you might want to do with a quiz, and it definitely makes it more entertaining and educational, which at this point in, in you know the, the social media landscape or the marketing landscape is so critical. People want to be entertained. They want to be educated or distracted. And so, so that's it. Drink Trade, the coffee brand that I mentioned as well, they have some great little snippets, really interesting snippets. When you go through the quiz, you're learning about why you're asking it, why these, you're asking these questions, and then more about like the kind of nuances of it. Yeah, and I, I just have to say that you're in a super exciting space, uh, and it's so interesting because I feel like that that we're at the beginning of where we like the space, this quizzing and, and educational space, along with e-commerce, is in the beginning. Or it's there's a lot of maturity still, right? So it's not it's not fully formed. And I mean, to answer your question, where I am on my hair loss, I'm going to say over the top and all the way to the back. That was a small joke. So, (laughs) tell us how how would a if somebody's on Shopify, how do they get started with Prehook? Yeah, I mean that's super simple. You can go to the App Store, Shopify App Store, and just look for Prehook. You know where they are. Search for quiz, and you'll see Prehook. We do have a 14-day free trial, and you know I love to work directly with merchants and brands. So f- feel free to reach out to me directly. Again, that's gen at prehook.com, or I can share some ideas, share some examples, and build out your quiz for you. And then basically from there, you know you're, you're testing it out. You have 14 days to try as many people to get as many people through the through the quiz funnel as possible. And with our Google Analytics integration, which we recently released, you're able to validate, okay, do we see higher AOV, higher conversion rate, better performance from those that take the quiz versus those that don't? My hunch is that once it's set up, you might. And if you consider what the alternative is in terms of lead capture, maybe you have a pop-up or maybe you have a footer, like say 15% off, enter your email. The challenge there, of course, is that you're immediately diluting your brand equity, you're immediately draining your profits and you're training customers to look for discounts as opposed to, and and what you're getting in the end is ultimately just an email with no context of who the person is or what they're looking for. With a quiz, of course, we're seeing completion rates of 50, 60, 70% or higher, and you're getting tons of that zero-party data that we discussed, which will only improve your your marketing and your personalization abilities down the line. Could I could I say that quizzing is helping to take the guesswork out of buying online? From a consumer perspective? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's definitely one way. Whether it's quizzing, which is kind of at scale, or it's live video, which is one-to-many, or it's phone, which is one-to-one. Yeah, we're trying to be in that space to simplify sales and improve the customer experience. Again, I, I give the pod, I give my guests a chance to do a shameless plug at the end of every episode. And unfortunately, we're out of time. I have so many more questions that I'd like to ask, but what, what would you like to plug today? 
Yeah, on our website we do have. I've gone through hundreds of quizzes, built hundreds of quizzes. I've gathered 125 of the best e-commerce quizzes. So if you go to prehook.com in learning, you can see the best e-commerce quizzes. There's no paywall, or, or not even paywall, but opt-in. So you can just kind of check it out, scroll through the Airtable based on what the niche is, the industry, the type of quiz. So it's it's a, a nice way maybe to get those inspirational juices flowing of like, hey, this is what the brands are doing. And then from there, I, I highly recommend just giving it a test. Right now, we'll just be kind of like past Black Friday, Cyber Monday and into the new year. It's a nice time to, to kind of test new strategies. And the last thing that I I'd want to say is as marketers, we always hear the best time to build your list is yesterday because it is the evergreen asset that you want and will never lose value in. The asterisk there and the, the kind of the 1A is always try and collect as much customer data along with that email, even if it is a Clavio multi-step opt-in form and it's, you know, are you a male or female and then what's your email? Try and try and build out at scale what some of these uh, attributes and properties that you have with your contacts and a quiz is a great way to do that. Yeah, that, thank you for that. And I'm, I'll just add on too, as a marketing as a marketing professionals, that that data and then you. I'm just going to say, use that data. Don't just collect it, because I think a lot of marketers collect a lot of that data and then they forget or they don't segment or they don't do whatever. So, using that da- data is only going to help you because I think it's it's more it's super annoying as a consumer to get a whole bunch of emails that mean nothing to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I use headphones that kind of wrap around your ear. And they use bone induction, right? And I can't tell you, I, I bought the same, he- I have the headphones, but they continue to send me the same blast week after week. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to opt out of this list now. Yeah, yeah. That you can overdo it. And then you can, if if you are being personalized, sometimes giving them too much of the wrong is also a turnoff. So just using your data correctly, using it smartly is, as a marketer, I think is, is one of those things that everybody should do absolutely Uh, again thank you so much for being here today it's been a pleasure talking and it's a super exciting space it's been a great conversation thanks so much brent appreciate it thank you for making it to the end of this episode of talk commerce please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts we are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the Free Joke Project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.